0: For Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Flames. Coming up today, does a team with no players on its roster look better than the Calgary Flames? Plus, we catch you up on a busy weekend in the NHL, and we. Put two scenarios against each other for the Flames offseason and tell you which is most likely to happen. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get each of the latest you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Happy Monday, Sean.
1: Jess, happy Monday. I, I don't know about you, but. I hate people and this is like not a charge (laughs) at you, but I hate people who say like happy Monday or happy Friday. (laughs) Like It's just, it drives me nuts. I hate the saying. I remember at my old job in Toronto, we had a Tim Hortons in our building and I would go there and get a coffee every morning and sit and stand in line, obviously. And the amount of people who would say happy Friday to each other while I'm standing in that line on a Friday made me want to throw myself off a staircase. Like, I don't Uh know what it is, but like it, I don't know. I love Fridays. Like, don't get me wrong. Fridays yeah. are my favorite day, but it's just the phrase of like "Happy Monday" or "Happy Friday." Not for me, anyways. How was your weekend?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. It was um, filled with a lot of hockey and a little disappointment from the Bruins, but that's a whole, whole different show. Another
1: segment. Next segment. Yeah. Actually. The uh, yeah. The three-one playoff rounds in the second round. Um, yeah, good. good. Good to hear you had a good weekend. <laughs> Um, mine was busy no hockey was watched on my end but um we caught ourselves up this morning and one of the things i was doing while trying to catch myself up is i obviously like check in on all the flames mm-hmm. riders and see if they've posted anything interesting that could help spurn some conversation for you and i and we hit the jackpot well not the jackpot but we hit we hit a gold mine with our good friend scott cruikshank at the athletic and scott did a listener or sorry not a listener he had a reader mailbag um, where he was answering his readers questions a reader tossed Scott a question, which I thought was fantastic and just such a great troll job and whoever asked this question definitely has like a future as some sort of producer because this is the kind of stuff that um, Is amazing to come up with this reader asked Scott who's going to win a playoff series first and Jess, I want to get your answer to this will oh. be the Seattle Kraken or the Calgary Flames which of those two teams is going to win a playoff series before the other
0: Oh, uh, see, I don't know because it's obviously so hard. Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Calgary.
1: Yes. I'm going to say Calgary as well. <laughs> Calgary's a logical answer, but you know, we, I think you and I, it sounds like you and I both have that little person in our <laughs> head saying, you know, it's not Calgary, right? You're like, you know, it's going to be Seattle that wins a playoff series before the flames. Um, but just because Calgary, I believe has a whole nother, Head start, like a whole season to kind of answer this question themselves. Um Calgary would be the logical answer, but yeah. I thought that was, you know, such a great question and, and such a troll job, but an amazing <laughs> one. How about this question? Now, so that was what Scott kind of dealt with in the in the reader mailbag article. What I wanna know is if you were like the next up-and-coming hotshot general manager and you had two job offers sent to you and one was to be the GM of the Flames and one was to be the GM of the Kraken, which Mm -hmm. job offer would you accept? Because one's place in Seattle, you're starting literally from ground zero and you're building a brand new team from nothing and your fingerprints are gonna be the only fingerprints on that team. Uh, So that's one avenue to pursue. But then the other one would be being the GM of the Flames, where you have a roster at least on August 31st that you know should be making the playoffs every regular season, uh, they should be advancing past the first round. They might not be the Cup contender, like they might not be in that first tier of Cup contending teams. But you know, at least on a paper roster, they're not that far away. I don't think from being in that top tier. Um, but they've just been a disappointment. But they like it's a it's a frustrating roster because you and I talked about it plenty. They should be doing good, but they're not doing good. So uh, and obviously a bunch of GMs, not just Bradtree Living, kind of have the fingerprints on the Flames still right now. So which job offer would you take? One starting from nothing or, or the Flames job?
0: I'm going to go with Seattle because I think that it would be um, – I, I just I, – I'm somebody who likes to, you know, take control of things and mm-hmm. have, like, my own path in nobody else's direction – so I feel like with Calgary, you know, you do have um, a lot of a lot of hands in the pot.
1: Yeah, I think everyone everyone who's in that GM kind of lane and, and career, um, they saw what George McPhee did with Vegas, and they all just mm-hmm. like started drooling and like were jealous of each other. So now that there's this Seattle job, and Ron Francis has it, and um, you know he's got. a a big opportunity to kind of do the McPhee 2.0 and, and literally put the team in the cup final in their first year uh, if you handle everything properly. So I think if you're, if you're honestly, like legitimately in that GM kind of sphere um, you know, the the obvious answer is Seattle. Um, But I think, you know, it, it, this is just one of those things that kind of really, you know, kind of makes you take two steps back at, at where Calgary's at as a franchise and, you know, it just kind of like makes you think that, you know, a team with nothing right now, other than a great jersey and great logo, um, is more attractive than, you know, what you have um, in Calgary. So it's a it's an interesting thing. I think there are still, you know, a lot of, you know, Calgary by far is not the worst job to get as right. a as a general manager or like really any position in the franchise. Like if you want to be a coach or if you want to be a, a player and sign as a free agent, you know. Calgary's by far not the worst, but it just really does feel like there's just so middle of the pack. And that might just kind of be Calgary's identity for the last maybe decade is just so middle of the pack, if not kind of on the bottom half of the middle of the pack, I guess, if that makes sense. So, you know, it's that that listener or the reader question again in, in Scott's athletic article, just really it's kind of, I don't know how I got to a point where I was like <laughs> reflecting on the state of the Flames as a franchise, but I was like, oh man, like what's it say when Seattle, the team with nothing is more attractive in most aspects than Calgary, the team who has been around and has a Stanley cup as a franchise for for decades. Right. So
0: yeah, like a more distinguished, Mm -hmm. a legitimate team that has a roster.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's in a Canadian market too and everything, right. right? Which it seems like, I don't know if this is a trend of like the last decade, but it almost seems like being in a Canadian market is a negative than being in in a U.S. market. Do you, feel the same yeah. way, like if you were a player wanting to sign somewhere, it seems like, you know, if you had to pick between team A and team B and the only difference between the two teams was one was in Canada, it seems like that's a negative now. And I don't know if that's, to me, it just feels like that's changed in the last 10, 15 years um, than what it was like before then. I don't know about if you feel the same way.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I don't know what it is and it's not like there's a major marketing difference or anything because like the NHL as a whole really doesn't know how to market the sport. So there's not like a giant, you know, drawback to that or I don't know, like it's, I don't know. I don't like, I don't understand, excuse me. I don't understand what it is.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I I could say the obvious answer, it's the media, like Mm. imagine the lifestyle differences. Uh, between, I don't know, like Connor McDavid and mm-hmm. Drew Doughty. Like Drew Doughty's life in LA must be so amazing. Uh, and, and the thing about these kind of things as players is word gets around super fast. Like Drew Doughty, who is a Toronto guy. and I believe he goes back to Toronto every summer, although I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, he's a popular guy in the NHL and you has a lot of friends just not only on the Kings, but around the league from playing with team Canada and all those things. Like he'll tell players about what it's like playing in LA or or listen to maybe Brent Burns on the Sharks, what it's like playing in San Jose, like living the California lifestyle. Um, It's summer year round for those guys, but they play hockey, right? So a lot of guys like McDavid right now, he's like, I've never played hockey in the summer before. Drew Dowdy, who isn't in the bubble necessarily, but um, he's been saying, I've been playing in the summer my whole career, just living in LA. So um, those lifestyle differences are, you know, it's black and white. It's so distinctly different from one another. Um, But, you know, if, if the, if, if we were to try and solve this problem of Canadian teams, you know, maybe not getting as many free agents because of all the craziness surrounding it. Uh, if we were to try to solve the problem by like slashing media, you know, I don't think that would be a good thing right. either. You know, it's, it's almost happening already because everyone's getting destroyed in the media uh, job sphere right now, but uh, you know, the fans would be serviced far less with far less media. So, you know, it's, it's like a, it's one of those problems you don't want to fix. It's just kind of, you hope it's a trend that kind of just, grows out naturally
0: yeah I mean I I feel like hockey media just gets like this reputation for like just being a bunch of old men yelling at the clouds and I think that's kind of deserved in some aspect and they'll find like one little thing and just harp on it just like how Calgary has you know A few writers have started their "Let's Get Johnny Out of Calgary" train, and you know, I feel like every market has that that one little thing, and you know, you don't want to fall into that category necessarily.
1: Yeah, and you know, like I I mentioned, kind of the obvious answer being you know the media to maybe take blame for the Canadian, I guess, reputation, but you know, I wonder if there's any blame to be put on the players at all too. Cause you know, the hockey player mentality isn't one that's necessarily the most outgoing. Um, whereas you look conversely in the NBA where all the players are super outgoing, mm-hmm. all the superstars are like very, you know, their voices are always being heard on, you know, whether it be, you know, basketball issues or non-basketball issues, right? Like they always have something to say about everything going on. And then you look at the NBA superstars and all they want to do is play in Los Angeles or New York city, or things or cities like those where, you know, that's the equivalent of playing in Canada is, is playing basketball in Los Angeles. That's like playing hockey in Toronto, right? So they are seeking that attention, whereas hockey players are kind of running away from it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wonder too how much blame is to be put on the players. It's amazing how one stupid question in Scott Kirkshank's, not stupid question, one great question in Scott Kirkshank's <laughs> article that got us this far into a, what a bizarre—not bizarre, but what an interesting um, conversation. Yeah. Uh, still to come, though, we're gonna we're gonna get this train back on the tracks. We'll talk about the NHL playoff series that are you know currently still happening. It's round two in the NHL right now. It was a busy weekend after a few days away from the game, um, and all the series are at three-run right now. So, is there any chance we see a seven-game series in round two this year? Jess and I will discuss that next. But first, we have to tell you about our friends at BuiltBar.com. And Built Bar is the protein bar that is changing the protein bar game. They are a protein bar that has all the great nutrition benefits of a protein bar, yet tastes like a chocolate bar. And Jess, one of the things I love about Built Bar is their vast selection of flavors. They have 18 flavors to choose from, um, you know, the 12 original flavors that everyone loves. But then they've also recently added six amazing new flavors uh, for a grand total of 18. I don't think there's any, you know, food that I really like and and enjoy that has 18 varieties of like, is there, there's, there's nothing else that has this selection like built bar.
0: I, I do not think that there's anyone else out there quite like built bar
1: whether you like apple almond crisp or maybe carrot cake, or you want to go with something simple like orange or double chocolate, um, those are just some of the amazing, amazingly great flavors that Built Bar has to choose from. The bars are covered in 100% delicious chocolate, and they are nice and soft and easy to chew. And Jess and I have harped on this one a lot. We are both, (laughs) it seems like, people who enjoy the textures of food, and, and we kind of, you know, if if a food that tastes delicious, but has a weird texture, I don't know about you, Jess, but for me, that kind of eliminates the food from my rotation. Like if it, I'm trying to think of an example, like berries. I hate raspberries and and (laughs) strawberries. They're so delicious. Like I love raspberry smoothies and strawberry smoothies, but the actual berry itself, I can't eat because of the seeds. And I've been this way my whole life. And, you know, I thought it was like, oh, like I'm a six year old kid and just complaining about (laughs) nothing, but now I'm 24 years old and I'm still complaining about the same thing. So um texture is a big thing and built bar is soft and easy to chew which is you know that's right up my alley uh and of course if you're someone who is you know kind of more focused on the nutritious side of things rather than the taste like um like like i clearly am uh the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they will work perfectly in your keto diet Um, just to look at one bar in particular the cookies and cream which sounds like a uh Uh, a sugar-filled nightmare is only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. So perfectly delicious and perfectly healthy. Plus for the next little while, while the supplies last, you'll get a free cooler with your purchase at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that is one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked On for $10 off at BiltBar.com. This is not a one-time promo code. You can use it as many times as you want for your uh, next few orders here. So that's promo code locked On for $10 off at builtbar.com.
0: Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. So an interesting note that you pointed out is that every second round series is tied at three, or not tied, is at three one.
1: Yeah, bizarre. Like this is this is theoretically could go by really quickly. Like we could be yeah. we could be onto the conference finals uh, in early September, which the NHL That's I think crazy. is loving because I think they want to hand out the cup uh, before October. So you know, even with a two day. Uh, boycott to promote, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and all this social injustice in the U.S. right now, you know, we had two days off, but we're still flying through these playoffs. Um, looking at the series, we have Vegas up on Vancouver 3-1, New York up on Philly 3-1, Tampa up on Boston 3-1, sorry about that, Jess, and <laughs> Dallas up on Colorado 3-1. to If there's one series that has the most potential to get pushed to a seventh game. And, you know, we could potentially see a comeback from Vancouver, Philly, Boston, or Colorado, which series do you think it is?
0: I think it'll be Tampa and Boston. And that's just because of the chaotic energy that that playoff series just has been radiating. It's so like both teams are incredibly talented and, you know, they have the, they have like great players, obviously, but I just I I don't trust Boston to give up tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that would be you know if if we could say let's say all these series get pushed to a seventh game. Mm-hmm. I think the one that would be obviously would have the most eyes on it would be the funnest would be the most intriguing would probably be Tampa and Boston as well. Um, so I'm with you in that. I'm pulling for it. I don't know if it's going to happen because you know of the of the teams that are up three one. Um, Tampa might be the second best team if not the best team in my opinion so you know just how with how good they are um, it's a really tall tall task for Boston now Boston's a great team too like it's it's a complete heavyweight tilt between Tampa and Boston so um, it would be fantastic to see um, Boston come back and we talk about like a crazy offseason that Calgary's going through right now if Tampa was to lose last year in, to the blue jackets the way they did and then mm-hmm. lose to boston this year by blowing a 3-1 series lead. You know, I wonder if Tampa's having similar conversations to the tune that the flames are having where it's, you know, get rid of the core blah 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 blow it all up, kind of yeah. retool thing kind of thing cuz that would be two like calgary's had two disappointing losses but their first round exits, right? You know, kind of mm-hmm. what's the deal there? Tampa has had you know president's trophy winning seasons they've been the stanley cup favorite two years in a row almost Um, and if they were to lose in two embarrassing kind of different fashions that would be quite the um, charge for change in tampa bay Uh, in terms of the 3-1 series that i think has high comeback potential uh, i don't think it's vancouver against vegas Uh, i just mentioned you know Tampa and boston is such a heavyweight fight i don't know if if that's going to be the one I, I, the one I, I really want to see is Colorado come back against Dallas. Um, but Dallas yeah. has just been like, it's almost like choking the life out of someone. Like they're just, they just, once they're up on you, it's its like almost game <laughs> over and they just like give you nothing. And it's so frustrating to watch. So uh, I guess that leaves me with Philadelphia and the Islanders kind of the, the bastard child, I guess, to the second round <laughs> where, you know, every, every team has, you know, they got that, you know, the selling point and the the sex appeal. So, uh, we're at New York and Philly. You know, it's just kind of it's, it's not too much there. It's just kind of there. So, um, that would be something. I think I think any of these series going to a seven game mm-hmm. would be amazing. I would take I would take that all day. Uh, I could really use a game seven. So, uh, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Another interesting trend. So, you know, the the fact that they're all three one right now. You know, that's you know interesting and intriguing on its own. Here's another thing that is kind of stupid because I never noticed it until now, and we're so far into the second round. Only two of these teams were qualifying round teams, and that was Vancouver and the Islanders. Those are the only two teams that had to oh, play wow. in the qualifying round. Every other team in this second round is one of those teams that had that uh, the first the qualifying round by and was playing the round robin games, and you know going into this return to play. I thought teams like Calgary who were playing those qualifying rounds and getting that, you know, playoff intensity right from the start going into the first round would have uh, the significant advantage. But, um, you know, I think it really speaks to just, you know, why Boston is so good or why Tampa is so good, um, as, as a regular season team is because as soon as they return to play, they're just back to being themselves. That's like, nothing's changed. Just even though they've had four or five months off, um, you know, can, as, you know, you watch the Bruins really closely, Jess, as mm-hmm. uh, our local Bruins fans here. Is there kind of a reason that you think Boston was able to just get into this first round of the playoffs and, and just kind of, you know, be themselves um, despite the fact that other teams played a best of five series before having to play the Bruins?
0: I feel like it was probably just like their mentality because going into the round Robins and even, you know, through the round robin they just kept saying like oh you know like this is just like um exhibition games for us so they're obviously not trying to like put their asses on the line essentially and go full force but still play a game and i just think once there was like an actual like competitive factor to it then they were able to be like, okay, it's time to win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was, you know, it might be one of those things that was completely media overblown. And uh oh, probably. In the meantime, the Bruins are like, guys, like, we're gonna be fine. Like we have we have a training mm-hmm. camp under our belts and, you know, the Bruins specifically um is an interesting one because they're just they're su- such a veteran-laden team, um, and they have great coaching and great leadership. So, you know, they would probably be the Bruins as as a team on its own is probably a team that would have a really Easy time dealing with this, uh, but you know, even someone like Dallas, who is not the Cup contender that Boston might be, um, they're clearly showing they had that buy. They made quick work of the Flames. Now they're making quick work of Colorado, which is an amazing team compared to Calgary. Um, so Dallas is kind of proving themselves as well. Like they might not have that Bruins um, reputation of of being Stanley Cup champions and all of that, but uh, they're doing quite the. Quite the good job as well. So still ahead in the show, uh, which of these two is more likely to happen? Calgary misses the playoffs or Calgary wins a round next year? We'll answer that question and many more with a little game of what is more likely to happen. That's coming up next. You are listening to Locked on Flames.
0: Locked on Flames with Jess Belmasto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. So this is kind of like a would-you-rather Wednesday, but mm. more likely to happen Monday, I guess.
1: Ooh. <laughs> ah. I should have thought of that. I
0: thought just thought music. of it. More likely to
1: happen Monday.
0: <laughs> but these are some good scenarios. And Sean, why don't you start us off with what you think is more likely to happen. Giordano gets traded or Monaghan gets traded?
1: Okay, so this one is interesting because neither of these two players, Giordano or Monaghan, I don't think are like, you know, they are two pieces that I think if the Flames, you know, wanted to trade, I guess they theoretically could, but I don't think Calgary wants to trade uh, either Giordano or Monaghan. So, um, you know, if one of them had to be moved and I had to guess which one it would be, I would say it would be Mark Giordano that gets traded over Sean Um, Mm Monaghan. The primary reason for me would just be the – what would be left behind of Calgary's center position if Monahan was gone? Like the Flames' number one center, you know, I guess it would be Michael Backlund, um, and then just the trickle down of well, then who's your second line center, and then who's your third line center, and then who's your fourth line center, right? Like all of that kind of will just get destroyed if if you move yeah. Monahan. Uh, if you move to your Daniel, you know, sure, there's going to be a big hole on your on your first pairing. Uh, defensive unit, but you know Rasmus Anderson has shown some great signs that he could be, you know, a top two NHL defenseman one day. Uh, maybe next season's a little too early for that to happen, but you know the potential is there. Um, you know, it, it would be harder to trade Giordano because of the age thing. Um, but if if you had to pick between one of the two, like Flames ownership for some reason says get rid of one of Giordano or Monahan, uh, I think Giordano would be the would be the guy to go. How about you? Do you? um have a thought on which of the two would be more likely to get traded if one had to go
0: yeah i think it would be geo um i think it's more of a realistic piece to replace rather than like you said just the domino effect that trading monahan would have
1: right um how about this next one and jess you can take it here would you rather have the flames bring back both of David Riddick and Cam Talbot, or have the Flames bring back neither Riddick or Talbot? If it's all or nothing, which would you choose? Oh,
0: take? my goodness. Um, I mean, I guess I feel like more likely to happen would obviously be bringing them both back, but at the same time, like, if they're going, like, full dynamite mode, blowing this whole thing up, then I guess... They bring neither of them back. So right. um, I'm going to go with they bring neither of them back.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's what flame fans are maybe hoping for. Or I think if they had to pick, they would probably say neither as well. Um, I think with the whole cap uncertainty thing, given uh, everything that's going on right now, and it, it's just going to be a flat cap the next couple of years, I wonder if that kind of would lean the – Answer to more likely being both are brought back. Um, You know, Riddick has a a pretty low cap hit. Um, Talbot's a UFA, but you know he's not going to earn the Robin Leonard kind of money or or the Braden Hopi kind of money necessarily. So, you know, with the flat cap and everyone being cap restricted as it is, and the Flames are one of those teams that are you know even a little bit more restricted than most. um, I think just simply because of money, which is often the answer to many things in life, um, it's going to be both that are brought back, which. It's not, it doesn't instill excitement necessarily to say both Riddick and Talbot are going to be brought back. It's not the end of the world um, but' it's, it's such a Calgary thing to have you know goalie questions all year and so Definitely. to keep that trend going, both will be brought back.
0: Definitely. So uh, Calgary misses the playoffs or they win a playoff round next year.
1: This one is hard to answer just because we don't know what the team's going to look like when next year starts. Uh, we also don't want, know when next year is going to start. So uh, many reasons why this is hard to answer. So because of all that, I just feel like it's it's a lot easier for Calgary to miss the playoffs entirely than it is for them to win a round next year, which is a pretty obvious statement. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say it's more likely Calgary misses the playoffs than they are to win a round next year. And let's say they make every move this offseason that they want them to make, a lot of change is, you know, you're going to have to gel quickly. And, you know, going through all that kind of thing is is kind of, you know, coming together as a new team takes a lot of time. So even if they do make a lot of change, um, that change is going to have to grow into a cohesive team together. So um, with that being in the mix as well, I think it is more likely Calgary would be a team that misses the playoffs than uh, wins a playoff round next year. And then you just also look outside of Calgary at all the, like Vancouver's not going anywhere. Edmonton's yep. probably going to be really good as well and, and be a playoff lock. So, um, you know, there's problems outside of Calgary as well. Uh, what do you think? Do you, are you hopeful, than that, more hopeful than I am when it comes to this one?
0: When have we ever been a hopeful
1: podcast? Probably never.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, of course, there could be like a weird fluke where – Calgary does win a playoff round. And at that point, I, I don't really know what I would do. I'd, I guess I would just be astonished. But um, like you said, there's outside factors that obviously contribute to the Flames missing the playoffs. And those factors are not inside Calgary. Right. So I just – I feel like, you know, there's a, a bigger chance of them missing the playoffs than actually – you know, living up to their word of, you know, we we learned from last year and winning a playoff round.
1: Right, right. Okay, how about this one? Matthew Kachuk leads the team in regular season points for a second straight year, or someone other than Kachuk becomes the Flames' regular season points leader next year?
0: (sighs) Let's see. Oh, that's so hard because I want to say, oh, well, you know, Gaudreau will definitely, like, snap out of this like slump that he had um but at the same time I don't I don't know I don't have a crystal ball but I definitely think that it is most likely to be our good pal Matthew Kachuk
1: you could check. Yeah, yeah I think this one you know you mentioned Goudreau is obviously a harder question to answer right now uh, with anything in regards to next year just because we don't know where he's going to be so if I'm going to say and I think I'm decently comfortable saying that it could be someone other than Kachuk that's you know I feel like me saying that is putting all my eggs into the basket Mm -hmm. of Elias Lindholm Um, you know it could be Sean Monahan sure Uh, it could be you know maybe Michael Backlund maybe Um, but you know I think if it's if it's going to be someone next season that we can at least say on August August 31st is a is a strong candidate to be the the Flames uh, points leader in the regular season it's going to be Elias Lindholm so um you know who knows what the first line and what Lindholm's line mates are going to look like next year um uh, but even if it is Goudreau and Monaghan you know those are two guys that have been top two in, in flame scoring so um Lindholm would obviously be right there with them so I'll put my bas- my eggs in, in Lindholm's basket I'm okay uh, riding with Elias Lindholm so uh, just for the sake of difference I'll say maybe <laughs> someone other than Matthew Kachuk and I'm gonna I would peg Lindholm Uh, as the specific individual. Um, Now this kind of next question kind of circles us back to what we were talking about in our first segment. Do you think a Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup first or does the, do the Flames win a playoff round? Which of those two happens first?
0: (laughs) Oh goodness. Um, I will say that the Flames will win a playoff round because I just, I don't know. I think that Actually, I really – I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I can't really pick. But I think that the Flames will win a playoff. Yeah, I guess the Flames winning a playoff round for the sake of my own sanity. I don't – you know, my first thought of a Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup is the Leafs, Mm -hmm. and the thought of that kind of makes me sick. So, you know, sorry, Canadian – Nope, Canada, you're going to have to sit out on the drought a little bit longer. Right.
1: Now, there is a a weird option C to this where Calgary is the team that breaks the Canadian streak (laughs) and wins the cup and wins playoffs round, obviously, to do so. Uh, So I suppose that could happen. Technically, the answer could be neither of these two options, but I'm with you on this one. I think the Flames won a playoff round before a Canadian team wins a cup. simply because let's say, let's say Edmonton wins the cup next year. If, if Calgary were to win the first round, which would be, you know, a little surprising at this point um, they could still get bounced in the second round. And then technically I would be right. Because uh, the flames would would have won their playoff round before Edmonton was handed the cup, you know, four rounds later. So, um, you know, you talk about, you think of a Canadian team that could win the cup. You think of the Leafs, like they're definitely an option, but it, it does feel they have like have some, long road ahead of them before they really accomplish that I would say Edmonton and Vancouver are in similar positions to the Leafs where you know sure they're probably obviously those three teams are the three best options for right now probably but um, Vancouver and Edmonton specifically are also like Toronto and that you know it feels like there's still some some time to go yet before those two teams are you know really in that picture you know barring some of, some kind of crazy events happening like maybe vancouver comes back from being 3-1 down to vegas right now uh, and that would just catapult them into something crazy but um, i'm on the same page as you just i think the flames win a playoff round so there you go we finished the show with some positive energy i think with um, kind of just backing <laughs> into a corner of the flames being able to win a playoff round so um, hopefully that was at least a little bit of positivity yes. into what is otherwise a pessimistic podcast. Um, Still to come this week, we'll update you. We'll keep you up to date on all the Flames offseason. As we've heard some trade rumors over the weekend, I I saw Freddie Anderson's name being linked to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Flames obviously need a goalie. So, I mean, trade rumors are picking up steam around the league. Um, Should the Flames be involved with any of these rumors or should they not? Uh, We'll kind of help you out with that as the week progresses. And as the rumors obviously um, start to come out as well you can follow us on twitter jess is at jessica belmosto i'm at sean underscore lavery and be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of locked on flames as soon as it's available each day and don't forget to subscribe and listen to locked on stars with kenneth Nash. kenneth nash that's a hard name to say and josh clark as they'll have a full breakdown of today's game five between the stars and the avalanche in what could be the end of the avalanches season Uh, Jess, thank you for today. Happy Monday, and we'll chat tomorrow. Happy Monday, guys.